Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. day that you became born again and you made a decision to live for God and walk by faith, you had a battlefield in your soulish realm, mainly in your emotions. So the battleground of faith is in our soulish realm, which is our, consists of our mind, will, and emotions. Just review. I said last week, your mind is your thinker, your will is your chooser, and your emotions is your, is your feeler. So you have our thinker, our chooser, and our feeler. A lot of times, uh, the things that we think on and the decisions that we make in life is based or predicated on how how we feel. Okay? So pressure is on our emotion. We found out the word emotion in the Greek is panthema, which means something undergone hardship or pain an emotion or influence, affection, affliction, motion, and suffering. We also said last week that your thoughts and choices you made were based on emotions or how you felt. The things that you, 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 you thought about, you think about, you, you choose or make a decision on was based on how you felt. All right? You know, you felt like making children, you made them. You felt like not taking care of them. You didn't take care of them. Everything's based on emotion, how you felt. All right? And there's nothing mystical to this stuff. All right? People think and choose to do things in their life based on their feelings. All right? But emotions, we know God, God has given us emotions. Okay? And we'll understand more of the purpose of emotion in this teaching today. But God has given us emotion. But from emotions have to be in its rightful place. Emotions should not dictate our lives when it comes to how we think and how we make choices. Okay? Faith is or the word of God. We also found out the E, the prefix E in emotion means to exit outward egress evolve say it again is you got that on the screen thank you thank you all right so the e in emotion is exit outward egress and evolve okay uh emotions is an outward display of what's going on in the soulish room. So when emotions is a outward display of what's going on in your soulish room, what's going on in your mind, your will, and your thinker, choosing what's going on, what's going on, what's going on all up in here, you will display it out here. Okay? So the newness of life has dominancy over our emotion. All right, we started with Romans 7, verse 4 to 6. Let's go there real quick. We're still reviewing. 
It's up on the screen. Romans chapter 7, verse 4, it says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also have become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. But when we were in the flesh, the motions, that word motion should be emotions, the emotions of sin, which were by the law, did work at our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead, wherein we were held, <coughs> excuse me, that we should serve in the newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So go back to verse 5. It said, but when we were in the flesh, the emotions of sin, the emotions, that's the word panthema there in the Greek, all right? The emotions or emotions of sin. Like I said, God uh, was the one who has given us emotion, given to us emotion, but emotions have to stay in its rightful place. We walk by faith. We tell emotions when to come forth or when to stay back. We do not let our emotions control us. Still reviewing. The word of God is more powerful than your emotional response. The word of God is more powerful than your emotional response. Now, last week we talked about, I taught on, that when it comes to when emotions, when emotions dominate a female, when emotions dominate a male, certain display. Remember, uh, emotions is brought about certain display, okay? Uh, females controlled by emotions, they become masculine because it's by pure nature of God created females to be nurturers, all right? The emotional uh, mechanism in a female is to nurture. But when they allow their emotions to control them, they become masculine. Okay? And what I mean by masculine, I'm not, I'm not saying they become they lesbian. They could lead to that. But it means they're thinker and their choosers and their in making decisions will be from a masculine standpoint. It would be more dominating, okay? So when emotions are controlling the female, they become masculine. You know, they, you know, you can see some female who rule by their emotions, you know, they'll, you know, they get all up in your face. Okay, when you see females like that, those are not feminine females. Those are masculine females, all right? And that's why when females are dominated by their emotions in that area, that's why they get punched in the face. Because you got masculinities dealing with masculinity. And, and us masculine males, if a dude get in my face, I'm going to knock you out. Unless the male dominated by emotion become effeminate. So that, what does that mean? It means that all their decision-making, all their thinking is based on how they feel. So when a male is dominated by their emotions, they are effeminate. Not say they are homosexual, even though it can lead to that. But it doesn't mean that they're homosexual because how God created the, the male being 
we, we respond by logic, not by feeling. So a lot of guys that we see in prison who have been in prison, the reason why they went to prison, because they were effeminized. They, they reacted out of their emotion. Because if you were thinking logically, if you got a wife and kids and you got a nice job, whatever, and then uh, Brother Rudy comes to me and step on my foot, logically thinking, I'm not going to pull out my gun and blow his head off because I got 30 years in prison and then my wife and kids will be deprived. They won't be taken. So a logical thing. So a logical thinking man would say, uh, I'm sorry, dog, you know, later. I'm sorry. And just walk away. But when you think emotionally, this is what you step on my foot for. I show you, bang. That's a female reaction from a male. Because if you think about it, females would do that. Yeah, what you say to me? You know, female would react. But males should not react that way when they are confronted with issues. Males should think logically. I'm not going to kill this brother because I got 30 years in prison. Now my wife is not going to have a husband. My children are not going to be fed. And then the, the rent is not going to be paid. The income. So logically thinking, I'll just choose just to walk away. Okay, because I'm thinking logically. So you have you have to pick your battles. All right. So when we see a lot of so a lot of males who are in prison, it's because they're feminine. It's not because I don't care how many tattoos they got. I don't care how many pants they got wearing down or whatever. Most of those guys are effeminized. They're not logical thinkers. Back in the you younger people, y'all don't know about this, but us baby boomers back in the '70s, you know. You know how they used to have those, uh, those black exploitation movies and uh, they showed the pimps and everything and all that. If you look at it, all the pimps look like women. They had the, the, the long hair and they had the flamboyant suit and they had the, the platform shoes and they had the hair yeah, and all the rings acting like, I tell you, I tell you who, I tell you who were the hardest pimp was the female pimp. So they thought logically. They were hard on their hoe. I'm excuse, I'm sorry. You gotta let me know when I cross the line, okay? You gotta help me on that. Say, Pastor, no, 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 no. Okay, all right, all right. They, they, they were hard on their ladies of the night, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> Where, where the male pimps, they was all effeminized. You girl, you better run me my money. You hear me? Oh, what? They reacted out of emotions. All right? So just because you see some guy look like a thug and he got all these tattoos and all this kind of, you think he all tougher, he's effeminized. He, he is moved by his feelings instead of logic. So that's why emotions have to be in check. Because emotions, when you allow your emotions to dominate you, it would just control you. All right, that's the end of review. We can start to watch that, okay? All right. <laughs>
Now, just like I forewarned you last week on this teaching of emotions, yeah, this is it's, it's gonna mess with your emotions, okay? But you just stay locked in, and we're gonna ride this roller coaster to the end. And then once we get to our destination, then you can get out of the roller coaster. And, whew, I'm glad that ride's over with. All right, okay. So it's gonna mess with, especially on what I'm gonna teach on today, it's gonna really mess with your emotions. All right, let's go to Mark 10. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10, verses 29 and 30. We're talking about the emotions, the soulless realm battlefield. And walking this life of faith or walking with God, we will have battlefields in our soulless realm, particularly in our emotions. Okay. Mark 10, verse 29 reads, And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospel. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Look what it does not say. It doesn't say that if you uh, forsake all those things and you walk with God, that you're going to get a hundredfold in heaven. It says, Jesus said, he shall, he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. So the hundredfold blessing, I think I did teach on that a hundredfold. A hundredfold blessing can be experienced now. If you go back to verse 29, uh, if you left your house, your brethren, your sister, your father, your mother, your wife, or your children, or land for my sake and the gospel, if you leave all those things for Jesus' sake and the gospel, all right, verse 30, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. And what is the hundredfold you're going to receive? Houses. So the thing that you left or the people that you left for Jesus and the gospel, you're going to get it back even more powerful than when you had it from the beginning. All right. So he says, look, uh, and now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, and land. You're going to get all that hundredfold blessing back with persecution. With persecution and in this world to come eternal life. All right? So you're going to, so you're going to get persecution. So... What is the main objective that the enemy wants to take control of our emotions for? Our emotions capture us into sin. It's 100% guarantee if you are led by your emotions, you will sin. 
somewhere, yeah, you, you, you're going to sin. All right? So we need to capture our emotions, put our emotions in its right, uh, rightful, uh, rightful place. And here in the hundredfold blessing, he says that we're gonna, we can experience the hundredfold blessing with persecution. Now, let me give you uh, a definition of persecution. Persecution means verbal assassination, character attack. Simply persecution means that people will talk about you. Right? When you make a decision to start living for Jesus and living for the kingdom and walking by faith, you will, but in doing that, you will experience the hundredfold blessing in all the areas that you have need of. You persecution will come along with it. And what is the person what is the purpose of persecution? Persecution is demonically designed to injure your emotions. Persecution is demonically designed to injure your emotions. Okay? So persecution is verbal assassination, character attack. The enemy wants to persecute your emotions through rejection, betrayal, attacks, or injure your emotion. Persecution is demonically designed to injure your emotion. You need to settle this and understand this. Whenever you walk with God or do anything for God by faith, you will experience the blessing of God. It's guaranteed. When you do something for God by faith and you sacrifice things and you trust him, God will bless you. But what also comes with this blessing is persecution. The scripture says in um, Timothy, for those who live, God, no, I'm sorry, Peter, first Peter, those who live godly will suffer persecution. Beloved, think it not strange when you are persecuted if you're living godly. That is an indicator that you got the blessing. So persecution is a verbal assassination. People are going to talk about you. People are talking about you. You don't even know that they're talking about you. People are talking about you right now. People that you don't know is talking about you. So we got to understand. So we got to understand the purpose behind this person, this persecution, because it is to injure my emotion. Now, let me give you the definition of injure. Are y'all getting this? Okay. Injure. It means to inflict bodily hurt on. Okay? So when we are uh, persecuted, verbally attacked, we're not just uh, hurt or wounded. We are injured. 
you know, you have like in, in sports, whether it's football or uh, basketball, and a player may experience something physical that caused them to be injured. Okay, you know, they just didn't get like a little cut or whatever. They are on now the injured reserve list. I mean, something was devastating to them that caused them to stop functioning. So they on the injured, injured, injured reserve list. So when we get persecuted, the objective of the, in, uh, the enemy is to injure your emotion to put you on the sideline. That stop you to continue on doing the things of God. I tell you, in the last 40 some days now, my enemy has injured my emotion to try to put me on the sideline, to try to get me to cave in and quit. And you cannot, no, no, let me rephrase it. You will experience an injury of an emotion when the enemy attack you for someone who's close to you. To injure your emotion. By my wife transitioned, that was an injury to my emotion. He's try, he was trying to put me on the sideline. He was trying to get me to cave in and to quit. All right? So, like I said last week, if your emotions can be hurt, they can be healed. God can heal your emotion. So the word of injury is to inflict bodily hurt on, to impair the soundness of, to inflict material damage or loss on, to harm, to impair, or to tarnish the reputation of, to give pain to, to do an injustice to. That's injury. So we, we do not want to be used by the enemy to injure someone's emotions. Now, um, a lot of things that we have learned in life, we didn't learn from the word of God, all right? We learned it from the world, okay? And that information was brought into the church and the church adopted it, received it, and they started uh, proclaiming it too. And, and we thinking, well, you know, that's God, you know? For example, you know, we all heard, you ever heard of uh, cleanliness is godliness, all right? That's not even in the book. All right. And that's, that's not even the book. It's like, so, but, you know, we, we get it. Well, we heard mom and them say it. And, you know, but we figured they knew what they were talking about. All right. So we have heard from the world and even in the body of Christ that whenever your emotions are injured by the enemy, because remember, Whenever our emotions are attacked or injured by the enemy in our soul's realm, we will have an outward display. 
and a lot of times when our emotions are injured or attacked by the enemy, a lot of times our outward display is crying. Now we have heard from the world, we have adopted is that crying is weakness. Especially when it comes to males. If you cry, you're weak. You're so wrong. You're weak. But let me educate you now on the word of God so that we have a renewed mind and quit adopting the world's philosophy and idea from the word of God. Because let me give you a definition of weak. Y'all okay? Weak means, the definition of weak, I don't think I have that on the slide yet. Okay. Uh, weak, lacking the power to perform physically demanding task. That's weak. That's one definition of weak. That means that you are lacking the power to perform physically something that is demanding. In essence, it's saying the weakness is that you are lacking the ability to deal or to handle something that you are confronted with. You, you won't deal with it. That's weakness. Instead, and, and, and why is it that you won't deal with it? Because you're affected by your emotions. Because the scripture said we can do all things in Christ Jesus. All right? So the world has said that crying is a sign of weakness. The word of God says that a man who don't take care of his household is weak. King James says the infidel. So when you don't take care of your, if you don't take care of your family, if you don't know how to have a marital relationship to reconcile your differences and you just walk away because now something has a demanding force and then you just throw up your hands and don't deal with it. The Bible says that's weak. You're not taking care of your children that you created. You're not setting guidelines and disciplines and direction and motivation because you're not dealing with the demanding forces at hand attack, you just refuse. And the reason why you're refusing, because you are emotionally led, the word says that's weak. In God's eyes, say. Not crying. Crying is not weak. We're going to go with scripture. We're going to see. I mean, you <laughs> ain't no stronger man that ever exists in humanity than Jesus. None of us had went to the cross and took on the sins of humanity and to die. And we'll, we'll see in scripture how Jesus wept numerous times. So we have adopted this world's mindset 
because this is what it says weakness is, lacking the power to perform physical demanding tasks, lacking physical strength and energy, liable to break or give away under pressure. That's weak. When the pressures of your responsibility it come upon you because you enjoy the sexual encounter because of you was led by your emotion. So now you get up from that sexual encounter. Now you got to deal with the pressure of taking care of your family, taking care of your children, but then you just not liable to it. That's weak. Not crying. Simply, and maybe if you don't really don't understand what I'm trying to say, not handling your business makes you weak. Now, was that plain clear enough? Okay. And why is it you're not handling your business? Because my emotions have been attacked. And I don't know how to get my emotions. Now, see, I told you your emotions is going to mess with you. But that's weakness. Crying is not weak. That's not weak. Now, there's some synonyms to the word weak. It means decrepit, feeble, fragile, frail, and infirm. Another definition for weak is you're not strong enough to endure pressure. You can't handle, see when you lie down and make those babies and all that kind of stuff, and you got those kids, you got, you, the reason why you, you, you back off or you do it, because you ain't strong enough to handle pressure. So in God, I say, you weak. But now I got something good for you, all right? Because the word of God says, let the weak say, I'm strong. So counteract the weakness is strength. So now seek, Lord, Lord, help me with my strength, have being strong. How do I do that? Get my emotions under control. And don't go by, by emotion, go by faith. Are y'all hearing? Not strong enough to endure pressure. Uh, <laughs> I like this. Uh, a person who is weak, they have a deficiency. There is a deficiency. What does that mean? There is something lacking in you why you don't want to take care of 50,000 children you create. Something is lacking in you. Now, somebody say, well, you, you, you know, you weak and you're vulnerable. There's a difference between, there's a difference between weak and vulnerable or vulnerability. They're not the same word. You can, you, can be, you can be very strong and be very vulnerable. 
you can be weak and not vulnerable. Vulnerable or vulnerability means, means that you are susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. You are susceptible. What does that mean? Is that because of the love I have for my daughter, I can be in a vulnerable state with her that she can bring harm to me. Why is that? Because the love I have for her, I have now, vulnerability means I have lowered my protection and I'm allowing her that I'm allowing her free access that she can hurt me. That doesn't mean I'm weak. It's just the, the relationship we have, the connection we have, when it comes to her, I can lower my protection. When now I am susceptible, she can pierce my heart. That's vulnerability, that's not weakness. We all have, hey, I was very vulnerable to my wife. Versus other people, I had my guard up, but I lower my guard way down when it came. I was very vulnerable where she could have pierced my heart. She could have, she could have hurt me. That's what vulnerability is. That doesn't mean weakness. There are certain people, certain individuals that we are very vulnerable to. That they can say things, they can do things, and then we can, and then we can just overlook it or forgive it or forgive them quickly and easily because it's predicated on the relationship we have. But that doesn't constitute as a person being weak because they're vulnerable. Uh, my wife transitioned, I was, I, I was in a very vulnerable state that I, my, my guards were lowered down and people could just pierce my heart. They could attack me because I was in a vulnerable state. But that doesn't make you weak. So to be weak simply means it's the state or condition of lacking strength or courage. That's what weakness is. You're lacking some strength or courage. But like I said, God said, let the weak say that I am strong. Now the world has taught us that crying. And so we already established what weak, weakness is, weak is, vulnerability is, we already said it. The world has taught us that crying is a sign of weakness. All right. Well, let's see. All right. Let's go to John eleven thirty five. 35. I say you, I mean, you cannot be no more man, man than Jesus. Okay. John eleven thirty five 35 says, Jesus wept. This is the shortest verse, the smallest verse in the entire Bible. And it says, Jesus wept. What does, what does wept mean? Jesus cried. Now, in this context, he cried, he shed tears because, you know, 
have you ever been to the point where you have seen injustice and it made you so angry as when you just started crying that you saw this and just like, why did they do that? That wasn't it. You started releasing tears. This is the Jesus wept here in the Greek talking about Jesus saw their unbelief where he cried to the point that he was angry because they did not believe he wept. Jesus wept, okay? Luke 19 and 41. Talk about Jesus. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over it. He came upon a city and he saw the city did not have a shepherd to teach them and guide them the things of God. It said Jesus cried. Hebrews 5, 7 and 9. Who in the days of his flesh, talk about Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with what? Strong crying. So you're going to tell me because Jesus cried, he was a punk? I don't think so. He says, in, who in the day of the flesh, he's saying, saying when he was a human, when he offered up prayers and supplication to his father, there were times he did it with strong crying. And just in case you didn't understand what the word crying meant, it add another to it, and tears. and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, though he was, the son, he was the son of God, but when he was in the flesh, when he prayed to his father in prayer and supplication, at times he did it with strong crying and tears was coming down his back. And you ain't going to tell me that Jesus was a weak man. Because there are purpose behind crying and tears. And it says that though he was a son, yet he learned, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect or mature, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obeyed him. Well, you better thank God Jesus did some crap. So that you have an opportunity to go to him. He's the author of salvation. And why did he do all that? Hebrews 4 and 15. But we have not a high priest. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. But we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings, with the feelings, emotions of our infirmities. What did I say? The stuff that we go through, he knows what we go through. 
He's not out of touch, the stuff that we go through. So he knows the things that we go, so which cannot be touched with the feelings of infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So the Bible talks about a prophet named Jeremiah. Jeremiah was faithful when God gave him a strong word and challenged him to execute that word. They called him the weeping prophet. Why was that? Because his heart was so tender to God. His heart was tender to God. That when God would speak to him, he'd just start releasing tears and crying. Now, let me share with you real quick. Are y'all okay? About crying. Some natural blessings behind that. Crying can significantly improve your health in several ways. Crying isn't just good for us emotionally. It can also greatly improve our physical health in different ways. How? Tears have antibacterial properties and help to lubricate the surface of our eyes and keep them from becoming dehydrated and feeling gritty. The most recent research also indicates that crying also helps to promote the release of a so-called feel-good hormones called endorphins. You ever heard of endorphins? When, do, when, when can you experience endorphins? When you exercise, that's why after you work out, whatever, that hormone is released and you feel good. So after you have a good cry, afterwards, you feel good. So the enemy wants to stop you through these lives of not crying because the enemy doesn't want you to feel good. Keep you in bondage. Keep you. I was listening this morning. I was listening to one of my wife's preaching. She did 20 years ago. She was talking about condemnation, being stopped up, plugged up, and damned up. <laughs> it was a good message, too. I mean, it was powerful. And this is what happens. The enemy wants to get you. If you don't release your emotions to God and you keep letting. Because listen, 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 listen. When it comes to the things of you, spirit, soul, and body, either you give it to God or the devil got it. One or two. So you either give it to God, you give your emotions to God. If you don't give it to God, the devil has your emotions. So the devil will get a control of your emotions and then you will find yourself giving verbal attacks to it individuals to injure their emotions because when he gets control of your emotions that's what he wants to use your emotions for to attack someone but when you give your emotions to god god wants to release a feel good now it says here feel good but the bible calls it peace 
a peace that passes from any understanding. That's the feel good in the realm of the spirit for us is the peace of God. So that crying, so the tears, let me finish. So these hormones, endorphins, these hormones reduce pain, boost pleasure, increase feelings of well-being. Endorphins are released in response to pain or stress, <coughs> excuse me, as well as doing activities like eating and exercise. And now we understand that they are also released when we cry, meaning that crying can actually ultimately, ultimately result and an overall increased good feeling afterwards. Crying also means we are facing up to our feelings. When we cry in response to feelings of anger, fear, sadness, disappointment, or other not so pleasant emotions, we are actually taking the brave step of meeting our feelings and emotions head on. When we can shed tears over a situation in life that makes us hurt, that makes us sad, that makes us less than excited about what might lie over the horizon, we are choosing to face these difficulties. What's happening? When we are crying, you are making decisions. I'm not, I don't want to be weak. But I'm crying because I'm dealing with my situation. If I refuse not to cry, I'm weak. That's when I'm weak. But because I'm leading, and, and crying tears is a natural thing that God created in us, in our tears. That's why we got them. But we don't understand, you don't understand the use of a thing, you will abuse it. So that's the, so when I'm crying, I, hey, I'm getting, I feel good, I'm feeling good. Afterwards, and I'm made to say, I got to deal with this thing. I got to deal with this situation. So we are choosing to face those difficult, unpleasant emotions as they come rather than bottling them up and waiting for them to surface on their own. Facing our feelings head on helps to keep us in control of them instead of them controlling us. Crying actually brings release. There's a reason. Uh, there's a reason phrase like good cry and a cleansing cry are used to describe tears. Crying is very useful in bringing about a sense of emotional release. You are releasing something. Emotions have a way of making their exits from our minds, from our bodies. When we bottle up those emotions and disallow ourselves to be full, feel and experience our feeling of grief and sadness, we are only postponing the inevitable. If we can cry it out, we take steps towards releasing our pain over time and, and in our own way. Wait, but when we forego those tears, we begin to count down to when our emotions and feelings come bellowing out of ourselves apart from our control and often in unexpected and unpleasant ways. The enemy is now using you to persecute someone else, to bring injury towards someone else who may be vulnerable. So giving ourselves permission to cry is giving ourselves permission to work through our pain and release it little by little. All right, now let's, let's get some more word on it. 
and then we're going to wrap this up. First Timothy one. Are y'all okay? Are y'all seeing this? I'm dealing with it. I'm facing it. I'm facing my pain. I'm facing my hurt. I'm releasing the pressure. I don't want the pressure to build up. Because if I allow the pressure to build up, it is a guarantee the enemy will use me to injure someone else. Because if I allow that pressure to build up, then I have resentment, I have anger, I have discontent. And so now the enemy can use me now to set up someone's vulnerability to attack their heart. So now I'm being used by the enemy instead of being used by God. But when I release all that, now I have a peace which, which surpasses any understanding. And so now I can be used by God where others who have their feelings hurt, now their feelings can be healed. Remember, this thing is about you. It's not about me, it's about someone else. So that's why we gotta get in line with God and his word and know these things. So instead of being used by the devil, we can be used by God. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me, but that he counted me faithful and put me in the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, this part with Paul, he said before I was a blasphemer, and look at it, and a persecutor and an injurious. Why is that? Because Paul didn't control, get in control of his emotions. He was led by his emotions. So he was a persecutor, verbal assassination, and then he was used by the enemy to injure someone's emotion. A persecutor, an injurious, but I attained mercy. Thank God for mercy. Because look at this, and a lot of Christians fall in it because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. See, the reason why you let the devil use you to attack somebody, because you did it, you didn't know. You didn't know what you were doing. You thought that you were just protecting yourself. You thought you, you were, I was being a man. Men don't cry. I guess Jesus wasn't no man there. Men don't cry. Men don't cry, <laughs> and women cry too much. <laughs> so everything has to be balanced. Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time to live, there's a time to die. There's a time to cry, and there's a time to not to cry. But I am in control by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Psalms 73 and 21. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. And we're going to read it from the ISV translation. Same scripture. 
When I chose to be bitter, I was emotionally pained. The reason why you chose to be nasty because your emotion was in pain. So when your emotions are in pain, you choose to be nasty. Because you got an injury in your emotions. So I choose to be nasty. Psalm 73, 21 from the CJB translation. When I had a sour attitude, and felt strong by pain emotions. I was too stupid to understand. I was like a brute beast with you. <laughs> oh, you can tell people who got pain in their emotions and they don't have it unto God. You know, they got a, they got a bad attitude. Just sour. It's just sour. Everything's negative. Just negative. Yeah, just, just, just negative, negative. And because they, are, they, felt, they felt strong by pain emotion. Their emotions were injured. And they didn't know how to allow God to heal their emotion. All right? And so, they, so you're trying to share with them, thank you, Holy Ghost, and how to have, to allow God to heal their emotion. And I was too stupid to understand. They're not understanding what you're trying to minister to them is because they got a sour attitude and their emotions are pain. So they are stupid. Now, before you said I did things in ignorance, now you're stupid. You have made a decision. I don't want to understand. I want to feel my, I want to wallow in my sorrow. And then you become, remember, the soulish realm, your emotion has an outward display. Emotion E, outward exit. I was like a brute beast with you. <laughs> I was a brute beast. Now let's go to Matthew 4, 24. We're going to wrap it up. Are y'all getting anything out of this emotion? You see how, how this can be a battlefield of our faith? Because not only you could be geared towards people like that, you could be geared towards God like that. There's a lot of Christians who are angry at God. Why is that? Because their emotions got injured. They thought it was God. It's a good thing I had enough word in me for my wife transition because, you know, I could have let God kill my wife. And all, I, I wouldn't even go in there. I mean, that's, that wasn't enough for discussion, really. But a lot of Christians who don't have that word and they experience that with a spouse, whatever, that's what the first thing they come, they become angry at God. And they become a brute beast with God. I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with this God. I don't want nothing to do with you Christians, you church. I want none of this stuff. What is, what, what's happening in their outward display? Their emotions are injured. Their enemy has attacked their emotions. And so now they want to attack with their tongues. 
and their tongues are like serpents shoot poison into your emotions. They're going to attack you. Oh, this God stuff ain't real. You believe in all this stuff. You, they start having all these questions. And what, what is that? It's like a serpent shooting poison into your emotion. They're trying to injure your emotion because their emotion has been injured. So sometimes in our emotions, we can have scars over our emotions. Scars can be healed. Scars can be healed. But we don't need open wounds. Scars can be healed, but we don't need open wounds. So we have to, whenever our emotions get injured, we have to take them to God and let God heal. I know, because if you don't, and let the pain of your emotions rule, then that's why we see this outward display. Not just only to people, but to God. Because we are now void of understanding. We don't understand, so we'll blame God. We're angry with God. Why you kill my wife, God? Why you take me? We'll start speaking stupid stuff. Where the word says, John 10, 10, the thief cometh to steal. When you, are, when, you, when you don't give your pain emotions to God and you allow it to rule, you will find yourself protecting the one who pains. You'll start protecting the devil. He was the one that pained your emotion. Physically, the devil killed my wife. But spiritually, God received her spirit. God didn't kill her. John 10 10 says, The thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil kills all flesh. But because and, you know, it brought, it brought joy in me this morning, listening to her preaching 20 years ago, how she talked about love, <laughs> having the love of God and her excitement and her hallelujah and all that, you know, because she had a relationship with God. So when the enemy attacked her physical body and killed it, her spirit just stepped right on out and her father received her because he belongs to her. So I don't understand these people who they have loved ones who die and they never live for God. They blaspheme God, they cuss God out and they, and they all went to heaven. How, how, how that work? How, how does that work? They never lived for God. They never did nothing for God. They always, they always had dispute against God, but now they did, they, oh, they in heaven. No, they ain't. No, they ain't. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, 
That's what you're going to read. So if you never sowed in this life the things of God, do you really think when your body dropped dead, now you're going to just receive? All these, however years you live, 70, 80, 90 years ago, you ain't want nothing to do with God. And now you get ready, you're, you're ready to die, and always say, all right, take me, God. Not. Jesus put it this way. I never knew you. He didn't say, I don't know you. I never knew you. So he and my wife preached this one 20 years ago. She knew Jesus. Jesus knew her. And so when that time, when the, so when the enemy killed her body, just killed the flesh. That's his job. That's what he did. He kills the flesh. Her spirit left, and Jesus received her. Come on, daughter. You belong to me. Because you've been talking and living for me since the age of seven. Oh, she wasn't flawless. No, none of us are flawless. That's why the blood of Jesus covered all that stuff. Flawless. But she was faithful. And she went out crying out in glory. Who did she cry out to? Help me, Jesus. The person that she's been saying for 65 years, hallelujah to you. So he received it. But we have to get, that's what, that is what happens when a person have a pain emotion. They start talking stupid stuff. They start blaming God. And, and, and let me also help you with this too. And I just, you know, I was telling the pastors, I said, you know, God has been just giving strategic messages every Sunday to help us walk through this time. And I thank God for his word, because I know his word would do it. But, you know, when you have a pain, emotions that you go through, someone transits, a loved one transits, the enemy will come, the, the enemy ain't going to let you alone. He's going to come back and try to pain your emotions all the time. And the enemy was, you know, he's been attacking, well, you didn't do this for her. You didn't do that for her. You didn't do her. You didn't have enough faith for her. You and remember, he's the father of all lies. Now, I, I, Nicole and I were talking the other day, and she brought a powerful revelation. I mean, ooh, just, that thing just went off of me when she said that. She said, Papa, isn't it something interesting? how the devil never bring something to you that is the truth. I said, what are you talking about? She said, the devil been bringing to you that uh, grandma didn't love you, didn't all that. She didn't like you all. It's, it's, it's like, she said, the people that you know that really don't like you, he don't use them. I mean, that was an eye opener for me. So when he comes to us, he's going to spew less. Now, it's no way. You know, and, you know, my daughter had to remind me. She said, Daddy, you did everything for Mama. You did everything humanly possible and spiritually possible. So why is the devil trying to bring these lies? 
he still wants to injure the emotions. And a detector on it, like she said, the devil is not going to bring something to you. She said, he's not going to bring somebody who you know that really don't like you. He's not going to use that person and say, well, you know, that person don't like you, don't love you. Then you can say, well, you're right. That's true. That's true. But the devil is always going to bring lies. So when he brings those attacks in your soulless realm, you know it's a lie. Oh, my mama didn't love me. Or I didn't, I didn't spend enough time with her. Or whatever the case is. It's all lies. It's a lie. And what's happening? He's, try, he's trying to continuously injure your emotions. So here we pick it up, Matthew 4, 24. If our emotions can be hurt, they can be healed. And his fame went through all, throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torment, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which had uh, HDHD, uh, bipolar, uh, schizophrenia, uh, no, they, they were lunatic. They were crazy. And those that had the palsy, and he healed them. Now, let's look at this in the Message Bible. People brought anybody with a sickness, whether mental, emotional, or physical, Jesus healed them one and all. So when our emotions have been injured, our emotions are sick. And when your emotions are sick, take them to Jesus and he will heal our emotions. Y'all get anything out of this? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. And in healing our emotions, he made you cry. Because crying has a positive, productive purpose. And I tell you, in my emotions, these last 30 some days, I've been healing my emotions. Because that's being released. I don't want all this stuff to be bogged up inside of me. I don't want to be stopped up, damned up, and plugged up. Con condemnation, and I would listen to her teaching, I'd say, boy, that girl, that was a powerful message, that girl. I need to give her so often on that one. Um, <laughs> condemnation ain't nothing but spiritual constipation. You know, when, when, you know, physically, when you're constipated, you don't have fluids in your intestines to get rid of all the waste. So when you're in condemnation, not in condemnation, you're in spiritual constipation, you ain't got enough water of the Holy Ghost to get rid of all that waste in you. So all that toxic stuff is all in you. And that's why when you're constipated, you're irritable, and you're not nice, and you're nasty, and all that, because you're constipated. So you need a Holy Ghost enemy. 
And she said that in her message with to the women. She said, God will help you even in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of all that waste. Get rid of all that waste. So crying helps us to get rid of all that waste. But if you tell you adopt what the world saying, you I cry because I'm a man, you're keeping all that poo-poo all in you. And then when poo-poo starts stinking, your, your attitude will start stinking. And people don't want to be around you. Because <laughs> you, ooh, you stopped up, damned up, and plugged up. You in condemnation. But the word of God said in Romans 8, to those who are in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus are free for the law of sin. Therefore now no more condemnation to those who walk not after the emotions. So give your emotions to God. Let God heal your emotion. Because I don't want to be stopped up, damped up, and plugged up. All right, we got, we got two more weeks, sessions on emotions. And then we're going to April springtime. We can get some springtime, have the little flowers of glory come forth. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get our emotions over to God. Give our emotions over to God. I mean, you can't, you, you know, you can't be more manly than King David. And out of 150 songs, he wrote 50 of those songs just heartfelt unto God. So emotions in his rightful place can either be used by God or if not in the rightful place can be used by the devil. I don't want to get nothing of me of the devil. I don't want to shoot no poison in somebody's heart. So I'll give my emotions unto the Lord. Stand to your feet. We'll be back here this Thursday for prayer. Don't forget your second week of intimacy with God. Thanks for listening to Faith in the Word podcast. If the word of God has been a blessing to you today and you want to give unto the ministry, please feel free. Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church, 600 Bellwood Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40223. Or email Pastor Holloway directly at Cecil Holloway at yahoo.com with more options for electronic giving. Thanks for listening. Stay in faith and be blessed.